Brad Keithley, Managing Director of Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Welcome to the weekly top three, the top three things on our mind here at Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets for the week of February 11th, 2019. The weekly top three is a regular segment on the Michael Duke Show. I join Michael on the show each Tuesday morning from 6.20 to 7 a.m. for a discussion between the two of us about our three issues. The show broadcasts on Facebook Live and via streaming audio from the show's website weekdays from 6 to 8 a.m. We post the podcast of our discussion following the show on the Alaska for Sustainable Budgets Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud pages, and on my website at bgkeithley.com. You can find past episodes of the Weekly Top 3 also at the same locations. Keep in mind that in addition to these podcasts, during the week you also can follow and participate in the discussion with us of these and other issues affecting Alaska's fiscal and economic condition by following us on the Alaska for Sustainable Budgets Facebook page and through our posts on Twitter. This week, our top three issues are these. First, our view of what to expect from Governor Dunleavy's budget, and as importantly, where the Alaska legislature goes from there. Second, why cuts to the university budget are both inevitable and completely reasonable. And third, the question isn't if there's an economic impact from the upcoming budget, but who takes it? And now, let's join Michael. Uh, Brad Keithley, our weekly top three. I think we uh, we kind of need to kick things off here and get things started. So let's take it from the top. Number one, of course, is the governor who came out with an op-ed talking about his budget, uh, showing that it was honest, sustainable, predictable, affordable, uh, you know, and I think um, you and I have talked about the importance of all of those things, but let's uh, let's kick things off with number one. Well, the the budget is going to be is going to be eye opening, uh, stunning. Uh, there were some people who saw uh, the the governor's comment uh, about revenues of four point six. There's going to be a four point six billion dollar budget, and all of a sudden thought we were back out of the hole again. Uh, that four point six billion dollars is UGF plus DGF, uh, uh, dedicated general funds, or designated general funds rather. Uh, plus the unrestricted general fund. So it, when you take out the, the designated general funds, it's still a $3.2 billion plus or minus uh, UGF budget. Still contemplates uh, significant, huge, deep cuts all across the board. Uh, I can't imagine a, 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 a nook or cranny that's not going to get hit other than public safety, which he's already identified as, as in line for increases. So we're going we're gonna to trigger the university crowd. We're going to trigger the K-12 through crowd. We're going to trigger the Medicaid, the social services, human, human and social services crowd uh, to come in and, and make their pleas about, about why they're, why they're important than, more important than everybody else. And certainly, we're going to hear a lot about this, more important than the PFD, that, uh, that, that we wouldn't have this budget deficit. We wouldn't be in this problem if we just cut uh, the PFD and, uh, and devoted, it to, uh, devoted that money to state government. We already saw that in the interview with the Anchorage Daily News that followed uh, this piece by the governor uh, in which uh, uh, the reporter was saying, uh, well, Governor, we wouldn't have a deficit if, if we only paid a $400 PFD. Uh, in other words, cutting roughly, what, $2,500, $2,600 from PFD, PFD tax of $2,500 to $2,600. So we're going to hear right. uh, a, lo- a lot of that. Well, that's like saying, Governor, we wouldn't have a, you know, we wouldn't have a deficit if we would just go ahead and tax every average Alaskan household $10,000. We wouldn't have a deficit. 
Yeah, I'm, exactly. Right. I mean, really, that's what it that's what it translates to. I'm going to be interested. And I'm going to be reading a lot about the about not only the immediate reactions from legislators and interest groups, but also sort of how this goes along over the next weeks, next few weeks. This is this is where this is headed to. Uh, at the end of this process, uh, the governor will have put all these budget cuts on the line. The legislature will go through and will and will make some judgments and will and will put some money back. Uh, and say, uh, oh no, we can't cut. We can't cut this much in this area, um, and and they'll be heading toward uh, a final budget. The governor will be holding the line, saying, no, we're going to have a we're going to have a balanced budget, and the legislature is going to say, okay, well, we're just going to withhold. We're going to cut the PFD uh, by an amount that we think is appropriate, uh, either to pay for the increased spending that we want to do, or just because we think. As happened in the last few years, we think it's necessary to keep some some money, some additional money in reserve. The governor who wants a PFD uh, is is going to then be facing a legislature who won't give him a full PFD unless he takes their budget. The end game on this is going to be fascinating. Um, how the legislature, uh, how much the legislature withholds from the PFD as a negotiating tool, how much the governor is willing to give on the budget uh, as a negotiating tool, and where. Where does that gap get filled? Do we then start talking about using the permanent fund earnings reserve, which is simply a tax on, on future Alaskans? The themes that will lead to that end game are, are going to be starting to show up uh, from the outset with comments that people have on the budget. Um, you can you can anticipate the Senate Republicans are immediately going to come out and say, well, we just need to cut the PFD. Uh, we just need to get it down. We just need to we need to absorb uh, some of this spending from the PFD. And, you know, it's only ten dollars goes to education. Everybody's willing to give ten dollars right to education, that sort of thing. I'm not I'm not sure where this I'm not sure how we're going to come out at the end of this process. But the process is going to lead to that ultimate uh, show, stare down between PFD cuts uh, and and the budget. And 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 I'll be interested and listeners should be interested in sort of following these themes as they as they pick up steam and go along toward that end game. Well, you can even you can even see already there's some reticence. Um, uh, Midnight Sun points out uh, uh, the other day that uh, during this informal briefing by Arduin uh, to a mixed house, it's a house informal you know supplemental budget meeting. Um, Tammy Wilson. Uh, gets a little heated over this $20 million cut and says that they were wrong. They shouldn't have done that. And they shouldn't have, uh, you know, that it, that, I mean, she just, she kind of goes to town with Arduin over that and over $20 million uh, in a $1.6 billion cut. Now, she may argue that the school districts have already, you know, put this money together and all this thing and, and all this, but many of these school districts have big reserves that they can use if they need to. And that's kind of what this whole thing is about. And yet even, you know, folks like Tammy Wilson, who is a budget hawk, are, you know, challenged in the way that it's being done, if nothing else. Yeah. And it's going to, it's only going to get worse. I mean, we're going to have, we're going to have school kids coming to the Capitol pleading for K through 12 money. It's, you know, it's our future and, and, and something needs to be done about it. We're going to have university students coming uh, uh, to the Capitol, pleading for uh, for university funding, we're going to have uh, the health community, which is you know which is a which a which is a growing part of the Alaska economy, coming and saying, well, you can't cut uh, Medicaid. I, I anticipate we're going to have huge Medicaid cuts, right? And, and and that you can't cut Medicaid because you know after all, it's 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 about it's about all the people that are being served. 
but ultimately it's about the healthcare system that we've built up to serve uh, this Medicaid community. So there's going to be a lot of special pleading um, uh, by all of these industries, and they're going to have various legislators who are who are susceptible to that pleading. Uh, uh, to various degrees. We're going to see education advocates open up. We're going to see university advocates open up uh, in the legislature. We're going to see K-12 through advocates open up. It's going to be, we're going to have a lot of special pleading. And, and the governor, hopefully, is going to remain very strong about, look, we've got, we, we've got to live within our means. These are where the cuts are. If you want to trade some cuts for another, have at it. Have at it. But we're going to end up with a $3.2 billion budget or a $4.6 billion budget if you want to throw in uh, DGF. If it, it, he needs to remain strong on that. Once he opens that door, it's going to be Katie Barr the door because everybody's going to say, well, if John's going to get you know his $20 million for his project, I need $20 million for my project. You multiply that over 60 legislators, and you can soon see, see how that gets out of control. So hopefully the governor remains strong on the budget numbers. We're going to have the special pleading going on. We're going to have people trying to raise uh, some of these, um, a lot of these budgets, and they're going to be using the PFD as the leverage over the governor. And we're going to head to, you know, the last part of June is where all this is going to get horse traded out. Um, and it's going to be, I, I'm not sure where it's going to land, but that's sort of where we're headed. Brad Keithley is our guest, Alaska's for Sustainable Budgets. We're talking about the weekly top three. Uh, so bottom line with number one, the governor's budget, it is going to be deep. It's going to be painful. And the question is, who is going to be willing to stand and say, this is what has to happen? Um, I mean, I think that the overall the overall push uh, when I got, you know, kind of what I got out of the, the governor's uh, commentary is essentially a budget that has to be, you know, we're not going back to $100 a barrel oil anytime soon. Uh, I mean, Ed King's analysis on this the other day pointed all those things out. You know, we're, we're not going back to it anytime soon. And uh, and we've got to we've got to bring things in line with what the future really holds. And I think that is kind of where Dunleavy has been pushing us this whole time, quite honestly. But, yeah, it's a reality budget. It's what we should have faced up to in 2015 once oil prices went down. It's, we should have been facing up to some of these, to a lot of these spending reductions then. If we'd put ourselves on a glide path then, as some said that they were doing, we wouldn't be in as deep a hole as we are now. But we haven't. We didn't face up to the issue then. And now uh, now, now this governor is finally going to make his face up to the issue, plus the fact we're out of fiscal reserves. I mean, there's really no alternative but to facing up to this, uh, uh, up to this issue now. Um, all right, so that's number one. Let's uh, let's crack into number two, uh, which again goes back to um, uh, what we were just talking about with the special pleading. Uh, it's already started. I mean, people are already. I was just mentioning the Tammy Wilson uh, being uh, you know upset about the twenty million for this year and the tw- and the thirty million for next year. Uh, the university pleading. The news miner is already out there with editorials talking about how it's going to be all bad and 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 poor poor. Uh, let's talk about that. Well, the news miner uh, leads off with an editorial this week uh, that says uh, more cuts to higher education put Alaska's future uh, at risk. And, and and the sum total is spare the university. <coughs> Excuse me. So they're they're already out there and there's going to be others. We're going to see this on K through 12. We're going to see this on Medicaid. We're going to see this at every other budget category category. They're already out there saying, you know, if if we don't save uh, uh, university funding, 
then uh, uh, then the world's going to end. You know, Alaska's going to be become a desolate place, and we're not going to have educated kids, and we're not going to have an educated work workforce, and we're just going to be it's going to be the end of times. And we're going to see this for every budget category. But when you dig into it, things uh, things <laughs> are just sort of stunning when you start digging into the numbers. For example, on the university system. The national average of state support, state spending that goes toward universities is about $7,600 per full-time equivalent student. That's how you measure these things. That's right. how you get apples to apples. And it's seven, and on national average, it's $7,600 per full-time equivalent student. Alaska, when you do the numbers, Alaska is 18000 more than double the national average uh, uh, per full-time equivalent student. And that doesn't tell the full story when you pull back the curtain and you dig into where, uh, dig into each university, uh, each institution. Uh, UAS, which is University of Alaska Southeast, is 16,000. University of Alaska Anchorage is about 10,000. That's for a reason that we can talk about uh, in, a, in a minute. Uh, so it's closer to the national average. The University of Alaska Fairbanks, <coughs> the state spending Per full-time equivalent student, $30,151. And when you pull back that curtain, UAF is composed of the Fairbanks campus and a bunch of regional campuses. When you pull back that curtain and look at it on, an, on a campus basis, the, the Fairbanks campus of the University of Alaska Fairbanks is $39,000 state student per full-time wow. uh, state spending per full-time <laughs> equivalent student. So, yeah. yeah. We have all that. We we we're gonna, we're going to have all this special pleading, right? But 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 when you pull back the numbers, you see that the numbers prove that we need to make spending cuts. I, I mean, people will claim we can't, but the numbers are there to show that we need to make these spending cuts. Uh, Brad Keithley is our guest, Alaskans for Sustainable Budget. Um, I had to chuckle, Brad, because as I as I was reading more and more on these different things, um, the um, this university stuff, I mean, it just sounds um, so um, self-serving uh, at, at this point. Um, you know, talking about how the university, it's its really, it's not even an increase. This 10% increase over last year is not really an increase because, you know, it's, it's a restoration. We were supposed to get more last year, six years ago, and now they're not only going to harm students, but also the state economy. So here comes the argument for the, uh, you know, for the for the, the the benefit of the commons, and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. No, no discussion on, of course, malinvestment and all these other things. You know how that money could be turned into other things, but uh, you know how it's this is going to affect the Fairbanks economy, and I mean it's just it really is so self-serving. It is, and it's particularly. Once you line it up with the numbers, once you look at these uh, state spending per full-time equivalent student numbers, uh, it really becomes very um, uh, disingenuous. I mean, so other states, other universities, <coughs> excuse me, live within these constraints of an average of $7,500 uh, per student, and, and they build university systems around them. And and some are great and some aren't so great, but but they manage to live within that box. In Alaska, I mean, y you can't have unlimited funding for anything. Yes, we could always say if I had another dime, I would spend it here, and and here would be so much better because I spent 
spent that additional dime on it. But we don't have unlimited funding for anything. Right. Everything for anything. Everything has to fit within with has to fit within an affordability box. And and these numbers, these per student equivalent numbers, show that the university is so far outside the the livability box that other university systems systems are able to live with that it's just sort of ludicrous to try to defend the university and say, oh, we need that money and we need more money on top of that. You know, this money isn't, even this money isn't enough. We need more money on top of that. The university needs to needs to rethink itself. I, I've been saying this for what, six, seven years now? Yep. The, the, the university needs to rethink itself. We built a university system we can't afford in this state. We've built a support system to the university system. You know, those people who argue that Fairbanks depends on the university and, you know, we have, we have to have all this funding so that Fairbanks, you know, can, can, can live the way it wants to live. We've, we've built a support system we can't, uh, we can't afford. We have to restructure the university to get it back at, within an affordability box. Um, and, and, you know, Dunleavy is going to start down that road by making what I anticipate are going to be significant <clears throat> Cuts. I mean, we're going to be talking double-digit percents. Uh, I would not be shocked to see, you know, something in excess of 30 percent. Um, I wouldn't be hugely shocked to see a 50 percent cut uh, to the university system. They have to get it back within the box. And for them to be pleading, no, we can't do it. When you look at it on on look at these national numbers and look at their per student spending compared to these national numbers, yes, they can. Uh, other universities do it. You can also you just you just you don't want to, and your and the and the and the constituencies you build up who depend on your who depend on your spending don't want you to, but yes you can. Other universities do it. You can also get started, go down that road and do it. Uh, Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. <clears throat> We're going to have to revisit some of that here when we come back because I think it's important for people to understand, uh, you know, the the details of why this is not, um, you know, what why this is not a uh, unfair cut by any means, and uh, and what it should show. Um, but I also want to quickly touch once more on the uh, on the issue of. Um, you know, this thing with Tammy is bug is bugging me because she knows better than anybody how this is going to come down. And I understand what she's trying to say here, that why didn't they contact, why didn't the money is already encumbered and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, I think the governor's point here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you can do it in 30 seconds, is that there there were plenty of reserves in many of these school districts, have millions of dollars in reserves sitting there waiting on it. Now's the time to use it if you're going to use it. Yeah, I think that's right. I, as we talked about on the last week's show, I think it's devolution. We're going to devolve some of this responsibility back to the districts to deal with these issues. We're going to we're going to we're going to downsize state government. The districts need to deal with it. And I, I think that's exactly right. I think that's the message that that the governor was continuing now with uh, Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Uh, the weekly top three, where we go through three items that he believes are important to the sustainability of Alaska as a state with budgets and more. 
We were in the middle of uh, number two, which is a discussion uh, on the special pleading that has begun, uh, that has already begun uh, with things like the university. Brad has pointed out several other uh, special interest areas that will probably be done as well, including um, including the medical and Medicaid expansion and some of the other things as well. But here's what really bothered me, Brad. We were just talking about this in kind of the this this opinion piece in the uh, Newsminer Daily Newsminer. The uh, the editorial board comes in and says, uh, you know, that, hey, look, this isn't really a cut. What they've asked for is an increase, but it's not really an increase. It's it's more of a restoration because, hey, they said six years ago they'd give us more money and now they're they're not going to. And if they cut us, do we not bleed? The university spends thirty nine million dollars on goods and services in Fairbanks and and it'll hurt the, the economy as well. I mean, we we've got to do again, no discussion of malinvestment, no discussion of how that money may be better served in other areas or anything else, because this is all about saving their acre of the pie. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to hear that from from a, a lot of different uh, segments that are dependent on government spending. But the university, here's here's the ultimate test to me for the university. <clears throat> the, the university is is spending, we, the state contributions to the university are, are disproportionately greater, exponentially greater uh, in Alaska than anywhere else. Average spending, state spending per full-time equivalent student in the nation across the board, that even includes Alaska, so they're including Alaska's high numbers, is about $7,500 per student. Alaska is spending, the three campuses, the three institutions combined are spending 18,000. Fairbanks alone, when you, when you slice through all of, the, all of the, the pieces of it and you get to the Fairbanks campus alone, is spending $39,000 of state funds per student. We can't afford that. We we can't we can't afford to be to be giving that much money to the university segment and taking it out of other portions of the economy. We've we've grown a university system that we can no longer afford. We couldn't afford it when we did it, but we can no longer uh, afford it. And now we have to put it back in a box. The box is clear across the country. Universities are able to live on and produce quality education on $7,500 per student. In Alaska, we're spending $18,000 per student when you combine all three universities together. We can do better than that. We can get it down more toward the national average. Now, we have to do things that people don't want to do. We probably have to consolidate the three universities into one, get rid of the bureaucracy of the three uh, of three separate institutions, we probably have to cut down. We probably can't have two engineering schools. We need one. We can we can focus on one quality engineering school. We don't need three education schools. We can focus on one quality uh, education school. We have to we have to do things differently. But that doesn't mean at the end we won't have quality education. The rest of the country does it on seventy five hundred dollars uh, per student equivalent. Uh, we can do it. Uh, uh, we can get closer to that uh, and have quality education as well. But it is going to have an impact on all of these, you know, satellite constituencies we build up, all the service providers separately to Fairbanks and separately to Anchorage and separately to Juneau. Yes, they're going to have to face the consequences of that. But we can't afford to be transferring uh, uh, resources and, and money that we need elsewhere in the economy 
it to make you know to to give the university a super sized economy a, a a super growth economy right so yeah it maybe maybe they they think they deserve more maybe they want more to get back where they were but we can't afford that anymore we can't afford to be draining resources from elsewhere in the economy to make the university uh some outrageously uh uh uh, uh, uh huge uh, spending per uh, per student equivalent when you compare it to the national average. Which leads us actually to number three. Again, we're talking with Brad Keithley from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, the weekly top three on a number three, which essentially is, uh, you know, Ed King, the economist out there from OMB, talking about what's going to happen and essentially saying the economy is going to take a hit no matter the budget outcome. I mean, one way or the other, somebody's got to take the hit. We have to do it in a way that makes sense it, it this is the truth that we're headed to yeah exactly right and 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 we're getting now i i think we're finally getting to the point we should have been at seven years ago uh but we're getting the point where where we're realizing that there's competition between <coughs> between the it, it, within the economy between sectors we've been talking about the university it's a great example the university has gotten a huge amount of resources bigger than the resources given to uh, similar institutions in the lower 48, uh, three times or double the, the amount of resources given to institutions in the lower 48. Fairbanks has given four times uh, the amount of resources compared to other institutions in the lower 48. And we've done that by draining money elsewhere out, out of the economy. We've taken it out of people's hands through PFD cuts. We've underfunded safety, public safety, at least in the governor's view. In order to, in order, frankly, to be transferring more money um, uh, into the university, there we have a pie. The economy is a pie. Now we can grow the pie from time to time by by resource development, but but at any given point in time, we have a pie. And when you when you cut a big slice for the university, as we've been doing, uh, that means there are smaller slices left for everybody else. When you cut a big slice of the pie. For K through 12, that means there's there's smaller resources for everybody else. As as we face up to this economy, uh, and and we make cuts, uh, are going to have to make cuts in spending. It's going to affect uh, the overall economy, no question about it. But we're making choices in what parts of the economy uh, need to be uh, uh, restricted down, and what parts of the economy uh, need to be given more breadth. We have we have supported high state last three years uh cutting the pfd and taking right. money out of people's hands and taking money out of their their decision process to, of supporting the industries and supporting the, the consumer goods that, that, that they choose now we're going to put more money in people's hands they'll be able to support those industries retail will will pick back up and we have to do it by constraining someplace else yeah that's the thing we, we have to do it if it's not going to be one place, it's going to be other. The pain is going to be there. We have to be smart about this, and it has to make, when it's all said and done, it has to be sustainable. We have to be able to, and this is why I love what the governor's doing so far, because he's saying, here's what our goals are. Here's what the mission of the state was supposed to be in the beginning. Here's where the mission creep has been leading us. This is what we're looking at. This is what we're cutting back on. Going back to those basics of public safety, infrastructure, education, and providing those things and those things alone. Yeah, uh, and 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 that's a great that's a great way to look at it. But when you get back to you know when you get back to education or you get back to <coughs> excuse me, get back to the university, 
you have to be looking at right side them. I mean, it's yes, the universities in the in the Constitution. It's one of the things that we're constitutionally directed to do, but we don't have to make it double the national average in order to do it. We we can we need to bring it back down closer to the national average uh, spending per student equivalent. The university can do it. It has to restructure how it's doing things in order to do it, but the university can do it, and that will free up more money in the economy for citizens to spend on the things that, that they spend on. Heat, uh, 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 utilities, uh, food, uh, medicine, health, uh, will be giving, will the, the citizens will be getting back the money that's been diverted from them right. in order to build up these, these state-run institutions. Right. The $39 million that they spend in the, in the economy in Fairbanks won't go unspent. It just won't be spent by the university. And you and I have had conversations in, for many years here over the last four or five years about how the, you know, the number of turns in an economy as money passes through, for example, the private sector versus the public sector, the turns on the economy in the, in the private sector is much greater. Those turns happen much faster and, and there, are, there are much more to them than money going through the hands of government. Yeah, exactly right. And, and, and that's, I mean, that's part of what Dunleavy's doing. He's trying to get more money back uh, in the hands of, of citizens and less money in the hands of, of government to be to be distributing. And, and, and Michael, that will make us a better state in the long run. Yeah. The Let's... University of Alaska uh, will be a stronger system by, be, by by narrowing down, concentrating, consolidating those three institutions into one and having enough money to support one strong institution as opposed to, as opposed to you know spending twice the national average to support three frankly mediocre institutions right the, the, at the end of the day the university of alaska will be a stronger system it's going to be painful for those involved in the university system to go through that to to take out the the bloat and the and the and the uh uh, uh additional spending that that got built into the system and the, and the support system that got built around that. It's going to be painful to go through that, but it's going to be a stronger system at the end because it's going to live within a sustainable box. It's going to live within, yep. within a, a spending constraint that, uh, that we can afford. Just for clarification here, Brad, I know that in your, in your discussion, in your full-time student equivalent basis, uh, Holly is in the chat room. She says, I'm the assistant campus director at the UAA Matsu campus. Our cost per student is about $6,875 per student. But you put together this full-time equivalent UGF. Um, it's it's essentially kind of lumping things into different categories, so it's an apples to apples comparison to different uh, states. Is that right? Or yeah, it's it's a it's a fairly simple calculation. It's the amount of state spending per 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 campus uh, per university per institution um uh that is that the university itself publishes divided by the number of full-time equivalent students that the university uh, itself also publishes it's the same format that's done uh in calculating the uh, full-time equivalent student uh on a national basis and in fact the eighteen thousand dollars that uh that that this comes up with is exactly the same as the as the number that the that the people who do the national average come uh, come up with for Alaska, yeah, each of these is, so I did it on UAA UAF UAS and then there's system wide there's uh, dollars spent on the system wide uh, that uh, that was included as well uh, and and I broke down you can go in and break down each of the institutions uh, by their subcomponent parts 
I did UAF because I had some questions about some people ask questions about UAF, and so you could break it down into the Fairbanks campus, each of the regional campuses that Fairbanks supports, like Northwest and Chukchi and 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 some of the others, um, and and then look at how much that is on a campus basis, um, and 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 some and some of the regional campuses came out surprisingly well. I wouldn't be surprised that Matsu uh, doesn't come out well. But but you can find where the high numbers are as well. Fairbank, the Fairbanks campus, for example, um, is thirty nine thousand dollars. There there is there is a a a, a variance across the system uh, between high campuses and low campuses. But the average is eighteen thousand uh, dollars overall uh, per student equivalent. You know what would be really interesting because I never considered that until you said that that eighteen thousand dollars or that uh, that seventy six hundred FTE student equivalent. By the way includes the $18,000 outlier of Alaska. I'd love to back that out just to see what the other 49 states are spending, you know, on an average basis and then say exactly how much cuz that's completely skewing. Uh I mean, if we're spending 18,000 and the overall equivalent is 7,600, um that is totally skewing. Um but that's it's crazy. Crazy what's going on. Yeah, it wouldn't affect it much because Alaska's got relatively small numbers in terms of, of nationally in terms of overall budget. But it, it would affect it some. It wouldn't be seventy six. It'd be less than that. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's interesting to see, and uh, and I think you know what uh, Holly says. Yes, yeah, she agrees with you that the satellite campuses are much more efficient when pulled out. Few administrators and most money spent on teaching, which maybe is uh, an example of what we should be looking at for this instead of yeah. When you get into Fairbanks's numbers, the Fairbanks campus numbers, there's something really in, in, intriguing about it. Um, so they break it into in, into educa- uh, instructional and non-instructional uh, right. segments. The the Fairbanks is 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 uh, on a on a Fairbanks has much fewer students than than Anchorage, for example, but its spending on non-instructional, which is overhead things is more, not only more on a per student basis than Anchorage, it's more absolutely uh, than, than Anchorage. With, with probably half the students, Fairbanks is spending more on non-instructional areas uh, than Anchorage is. So there's something, there's something going on at Fairbanks. But that's, when you get into the numbers, that's the sort of stuff you start seeing. And, and when people claim, oh, no, we need more and more and more, you go, well, good Lord. I mean, your, your Fairbanks is four times the national average. Right on, on on per student equivalent, you 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 don't need more. You need to figure out how to do how to do it differently, uh, and get yourself down closer to the national average. Yeah, absolutely. Final thoughts here, Brad. Um, I mean, between the budget coming out tomorrow, the new uh, majority vote, which is apparently scheduled to start in about three hours, they're going to have a vote on the new majority and everything else. And you know what's what this battle is going to shape up to look like. Your final thoughts. We're off to the races, and um, and and the dynamic to really focus on is is the dynamic that's going to have the legislature going. We don't want to cut the budget this much. The governor going. I want the PFD, uh, and the legislature going. Well, we're not going to give you the PFD if you don't agree to to our budget. And that dynamic. Bert Stedman is a pa- is a master at these sorts of negotiations. I recall when he was Senate Finance Chair, co-chair before during the Parnell administration. It was the the negotiations were were extremely interesting, and and I suspect we're going to get into that. That's the dynamic that people need to keep their eye on. Legislature is not going to give the governor his PFD 
unless the governor agrees to the budget. The governor's not going to agree to the budget unless he gets the PFD. Where are they going to find? Where are they going to find the common ground? Well, this is the ultimate game of chicken, really, because you get you know you only get so many bites of that apple near the end, especially after the red pen comes out. I mean, what you know, this is it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch. That's for sure. Um, all right, Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. My friend, I hope you feel better. Thank you so much for coming on board, and uh, we will uh, we will chat with you soon. Michael, thanks for having me as always. Well, that's a wrap for another week's edition of the Weekly Top 3 from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Thank you again for joining us. Remember that you can find past episodes on our YouTube and SoundCloud pages, and keep track of us during the week on Facebook and Twitter. This has been Brad Keithley, Managing Director of Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We look forward to you joining us again next week on the Weekly Top 3.